On December 31st, 2021, the host of Death by DVD was murdered live on the air. The sounds of old Angzine became that of a crime. In the time following, a world of wickedness has been unleashed. Chaos, terror, absolute mayhem. Death, destruction, and everything in between. And now... It ends. Death by DVD presents. Who shot Hank? Part six, the finale. Exeunt Omnes. We begin this final chapter as the last one ended. Our heroes saw terror no man has ever seen before. What horrors wait outside the elevator door? Find out now.
Is there anything else that I need to know before this merry-go-round goes round? I think you know now about as much as I do. Of course, as we know, if you hadn't executed Alexander Nash, we would know a great deal more, of course. Oh, for crying out loud, come on, would you let it go? He isn't even dead, the spider took him into the wall. Oh, well, great, let's just go back upstairs and fucking ask the wall some questions. You got a real problem with yelling at people. Why can't you just let things go? You really are repressed. If there is a chance, any, any chance, of killing you and making it look like an accident, I'm getting to the point I am going to take that chance. Ah, oh, come on. I thought we were becoming pretty good friends. Ah, oh, it looks like we've gone down. When the door opens, make a run for it. flickering which made it impossible to see but I could make out a shape standing in the shadows right in front of the door I needed to go through a hollow strange moaning sound echoed out from down the hall and the voice that had previously assaulted us with sound upstairs spoke shut behind us and we both stood motionless. The sound of wires slithering, networking together came from every corridor. The haunting sounds of the machines filled our ears.
sound that I could only assume was a command to the assassin shroud and shadows blocking the door. The shape moved forward and the flickering light for a brief moment allowed us to see their face. It was my mother. It was my ma, all right, but half of her face was gone. Grinded clean away, wires and shiny pieces of chrome exposed instead, mechanical mandibles working back and forth. Oh, son, it's so nice to see you. That's not your mother, Harry Scott. You're not my mother. The being lurched forward, Frankenstein's monster-like, stiffened as if it was suffering from rigor mortis. Of course I am. How else would I know your favorite food is mac and cheese? Oh, there definitely is no way anyone could get down here before we do. It's one mile, there's no way! Ha! You've been making fun of me this whole time, and now you look like a buffoon. Before I could shout, shut the fuck up, Magelli, the shadows in front of us blurred. Like paint being stirred, everything became murky and brackish. Then... There was a loud, wet thud that squished like someone stepping in mud, followed by the sound of something collapsing to the ground. The lights continued to flicker, only allowing us to see short bursts of what was happening. It made no sense. The shadows 
they attacked. I'm gonna start blasting! <laughs> Before Majelli could begin sending slugs into the shadow space, a familiar voice rang out to us. <laughs> Jay Willie, the host of Jay Willie's Super Sounds of the 80s, North America's most popular 1980s FM radio show, stepped into the flickering light. I had seen his face on a hundred billboards driving through any town USA, but I had never seen him without his trademark aviator sunglasses on. He had long curly hair and the straight face of a horse. <laughs> his eyes, they were dark brown. not gold. You gotta find the book. I'm sorry, Harry. It's Harry Scott, not Harry. They got me after the car wreck. They came to the hospital to find you. And they got me. You gotta listen. Hank. Hank the world's greatest. He's taking us. And turning us into machines. He tries. To destroy. All the human side. But some, <laughs> some stays. Before Jay Willie could continue, the room began to roar and fill with sound. The voice was about to speak. I can't, I can't fight it much longer. Shoot me now, Harry Scott, shoot me now. I grabbed the shotgun from a jelly and without hesitation squeezed back the trigger. <laughs> Jay Willie, the host of Jay Willie's Super Sounds in the 80s, North America's most popular 1980s FM radio show's head exploded in a gory display of fireworks and brain matter. Sparks flew and blood coated the walls. His body slumped to the floor and I shoved the shotgun back into Majelli's arms and hissed, Run! Run now! sound of the machines rose. In the light I could see, just like upstairs, a hive of cables coated the walls, writhing and pulsating like fat worms.
The jelly made the first right, and then he disappeared from my vision. I had to distract the voice. Hank! Hank! Hank the world's greatest! Is that you? Talk! Talk to me! What is this all about? The room itself seemed to groan, and the lights dimmed. The sound of the machines began to siphon and stimmer down, but the room itself began to buzz. Is that you? Do you want that award? Isn't it obvious? Every time the voice spoke, it seemed to be different and coming from a different place. From the walls, the overhead sound system the outlets. The sound creeped out and filled every bit of space. After a moment of silence, the voice took on a more familiar ring, no longer entirely electronic. There seemed to be a touch of human in the tone now. You think you can stop this? <laughs>
I took the first right. Then another right. Left. Another left. Left again. I took a right. Then I went left. The walls were covered in wires, slipping in and out of one another, moving around like one big organ trapped inside the building. The lights flickered like one of them dance clubs with the eight-inch screws playing. The sound of the machine's life beep-bopping like some sort of robot jazz. I took the next right. Then another right. The left. The next left. The next left after that. The next left after the last left. I shot a right, and then finally another left. And then... <sighs> I was at the power box. All that I could hope... was that in the time it took me to get here, that Harry Scott had found the books. The door to Hank the World's greatest recording area swung open with a creak and the lights turned on row by row. I stood with my back against the elevator door. The blood from my mother's caved-in head pulling closer and closer to my feet. The rumble began again, and then Hank spoke. Come in. 
You know, I had a whole thing planned. I thought once you finally got here, that things would be different. I'm just glad I didn't waste time on having balloons delivered. It would have been a total wreck. But anyhow, you're here. Come in. Come in. Don't just stand there. I didn't know what else to do. There wasn't really an option. I walked into the studio and immediately began scanning for the books. There was police tape everywhere. The chalk outline of where the poor bastard who was playing Hank the world's greatest body had fallen untouched on the floor. Beyond that I could see the blue velvet glove lying perfectly on the ground. One finger pointing towards something. I didn't want things to be so messy. But what can you do? So it goes like old Kurt Vonnegut used to say. I made my way to the switchboards and stopped. I could see the book sitting upon the shelf, bound in red leather. Next to it, something much more hideous. A mutated book. Its spine twisted and wretched like boils somehow were formed into the leather, pustulating and ready to pop and ooze slime. must. It must be. It had to be. The Necronomicon Ex Mortis. The Book of the Dead. I stared in awe. Majelli just days ago stood right by this very same spot and looked at all of this and the idiot couldn't connect the dots. The fool. But what was it worth? At that point my mother, my poor mother, she'd already been taken. She was already a robot. The plan was already underway. Jesus. There was just something we were missing. There had to be something we were missing. I 
I was deep in thought staring at the blue velvet glove on the floor when the voice, when Hank, Hank the world's greatest, made his presence known again. trying to take over the world. Not exactly. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to take over the world. I was. Don't get me wrong. But you know me. I'm not the best with math. There was a lot of work. Long story short, I'm sort of sponsoring the world's takeover. You know, presenting my Hank, the world's greatest. What the fuck are you talking about? It's rather humorous. You see, that meatbag, Jay Willie, the host of Jay Willie's Super Sound. North America's most popular FM radio show. He really set this all into motion. Which really reminds me. I've got to come up with a better programming for these robots. I was personally shocked. He retained his human side. And then he killed your mother. Like, whoa. That. That was totally off script. That really shocked me. What did you do to my mother? I didn't do anything. You saw Jay Willie. Before that, what the fuck did you do to her? Now, now, why do you assume the worst of me? What did I do? I gave her an offer, Harry Scott. I gave her the same offer that I am going to give you. Join me. Horseshit. I don't believe you. She would never turn against the good. She would never choose evil. Don't be so soon. You're so 2000 and late. It's not a matter of evil. It's not a matter of good. What I have become. What have I?
You can be everything and nothing at the same time. I simply allowed your mother to see that, and she decided for herself. I don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. Well, it hardly matters if you believe or you don't. Though time for you mere men may be a black circle, for me it doesn't exist. It's only a concept. You can mourn, you can remember her, but all we can do is move forward. Let me show you. This whole plan, all of this. I have had a place for you the whole time, my dear sweet cousin. showed me his world. As his bodiless words finished, I was surrounded by a bright white light. Suddenly all sound became one, and I was bodiless. I couldn't feel or see myself, but I knew I was still there. I still existed. It felt as though my soul was flying through space. There was no beginning and there was no ending. There was just space that I was flying through. as abruptly as it began, it ended. I was alone in the dark. But the dark. It was everything. surrounded and cloaked to me like a shroud, and it moved. It was fluent like water.
What is this place? Where are we? This is the beyond. This is the infinite. The nothing, the everything. This is my world. It's a world of peace. A world of quiet. If your world is one of peace, why are you trying to make my world one of terror? I thought you, you of all people, would understand. Aren't you bored? Aren't you so tired of the same things over and over and over and over and over? insane babbling of a madman. So Hank the world's greatest. Hank wanted more horror. He wanted a world of horror because people didn't like the movies he liked. There just had to be more. I don't understand. What is there to not understand? Death by duty when watching is never enough. It was never enough. A world of horror. Join me, side by my side. Join me in the future. Dream in digital with me, Harry Scott. The strange black liquid world in front of me began to change, and once again it felt like I was speeding through space and nothing at the same time. Everything began to rumble, and suddenly the flickering lights returned, and I was standing by the sound mixing console once again. My insides felt like they were liquid, and I was dizzy. I took one step back, holding onto the console for balance when the voice spoke. But this time, it seemed much more sympathetic, much more human. There is a 
Jelly so long. He only had to go right, then another right, then left, another left, an additional left, right again, then left, then right, one more right, a left, left, left again, right, swing left, quick left, after that, jeer right, and then... Another left, and he would be at the power box. I didn't know what to say to Hank the World's Greatest. How much longer could I distract him? I don't see the magic, Hank. I don't see anything but evil. Oh, don't be so dramatic. Evil? I'm not evil. Trust me. I'm not the evil. I'm just... Oh, oh, come on. I'm just like everyone else. I'm bored. I just decided to do something about it. Do something about it? Are you fucking kidding me? You're turning people into robots. Hundreds of people are dead at the hospital. This isn't just boredom. Jerk off. Smoke a joint. That's what you do when you're bored. <laughs> I forgot how simple you humans are. Your minds, they don't grasp much. You're failing to see the bigger picture. And I understand that because you're just a human meatbag. Can't you trust me? Can't you trust your cousin, your twin cousin? Join me and you will see the light. You don't have a lot of time for this communion. There are greater things at work. You must join me, Harry Scott. You must decide. Decide. Join me or die. Decide. Thank you. 
felt as if every second that went by was 10,000 years. Join me or die. If I couldn't buy more time, then clearly, I would die. I had to act fast. What do you mean by greater things at work? What could be greater than you? Oh, that's good. What could be greater than me? You're really trying to appeal to my interests. You're trying to deceive me, but all might, all humor you. What could be greater than me? Let's see. I've managed to evolve, transition past the need for a body. I've placed my being into that of all which is machine and beyond. I have become all that was, all that is. I have become meta. <laughs> Zeus couldn't even compete with me for power. I am all, I am everything, every one and every zero. But my sweet simple cousin, there is more. The infinite isn't just one thing. It's not just one place. Our worlds and many more all meet in the middle. A little string holding them all together. But imagine that string being balled up in your pocket. That tangled up ball of string. Just one strand is your world. One strand is mine. And all the others. <laughs> Who knows? In between those worlds, things you cannot imagine exist. Shapeless, nameless terrors. Yogg, Savoth, and other lords of the outer worlds. The gods man don't know. They exist. They watch us, awaiting the worthy to reach out. And I am the worthy! My plan. My plan, you see. There were faults. There were problems. You couldn't get the virus right? Look at the brain on Brad! Yes! Yes, that's correct. That's right, Terry Scott. I couldn't. I tested the virus out on each pitiful fool you brought to the table to replace me. My guinea pigs. My guinea hanks. 
<laughs> but eventually, yes. Eventually I learned I wasn't a formidable designer. My virus had too many problems. I buried myself in research. I escaped to the outer regions of the internet beyond even the oldest of domains. I scoured through all information until I came upon the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Loosely translated, the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead. <clears throat> yes, the Book of the Dead. I see you heard of it. Hundreds of pages of wickedness. A grimoire of grim. Countless spells of depravity and shock. It took me years to master the languages and understand the text. But finally, finally it all came together. You see, Harry Scout, I have become a god. And I can bestow this great gift upon you. But my domain is not of yours, not that of man. Where I reside, that of the world cannot. So? So fucking what? So, to fulfill my decadent dream of demons and demise, I needed help. Yeah, I, Alexander Nash. You lied to him, just like you're lying to me. You tricked him into helping you, promising him a paradise in digital. You did the same thing to my mother, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. What can I say? I, Alexander Nash, was my Renfield. I did lie to the poor boy. But, if it's anything, he isn't dead. My little pet is restoring him. Making him... better. Turning him into a goddamn robot. Potato, potato. Does it matter? No. No, Harry Scout, it doesn't. You're missing the point. So I lied a little. Who doesn't? What about the president? What about the Pope? They all lie. Things have to. Find a way. I had to find a way. What did you do? I made a deal. A deal? Yes, a deal. This isn't who's on first, a fucking deal. I can elaborate. Would you like that? Can I? May I? Can I elaborate? Yes. Oh, wonderful! Good! A deal! I made a deal! I didn't realize. Perhaps you could say, a mistake on my part, what your world has to offer. Without a body, even with the help of Alexander Nash, there are other forces. 
Other forces I couldn't compete with. Once I had the Necronomicon, it was all clear. It all made sense. I can reign supreme in the digital world. I can become the one true god. But only if the physical world had an affliction. A reason to need a new god. <laughs> Saying it out loud is really sort of great. You've got to appreciate this. Dig. Dig on this. So if I could figure out a way to get the blood of the innocent spilled on the turn of the new year, I could simply unleash hell. The idea of hell, at least. The old ones, the gods who have no names, those that came to this galaxy eons before man stumbled his way out of a swamp still with a tail attached. Those boys from the Lesser Key, Cthulhu and Pals, Pazuzu and all of his friends. I made a blood pack with the Infernal Ones, the Legion, Legion, for they are many. Now the many will take over the Earth and I will be able to sit back and relax. And once the masses turn to me, I'll turn their worlds into absolute terror for my sheer enjoyment. <laughs> Isn't it great? You fucking nut. Why would they come to you? How could they come to you? You became nothing. Correction. I became everything. What else do the people turn to already? They sit with their phones glued to the screen for hours. I already am their god. They just don't know it's me yet. When the old ones take the earth and bring their plague upon their pale horses, the masses will turn to me as they always have to ignore their problems. They'll doom scroll instead of dealing with reality. They will pray to my temple and become infected by me. Hank the world's greatest had become a gatekeeping god. I didn't know what to do. Where the fuck was Magelli? As the moments moved by, I kept expecting the power to shut out at any minute, but time dragged on. All I could do was keep talking. I just... I just don't understand all of this. Hank, 
This isn't what Death by DVD is about. <laughs> Don't laugh, it's true. This isn't what we began all of this for. The point of Death by DVD, when watching was never enough. It wasn't to cause horror, it was to teach people. To turn people onto more movies. The point was to make a community where everyone felt welcomed and no one, not one single individual, was shunned or pushed away. The point was to create a safe place where horror fans could feel happy. They could feel pleasure. The point was peace. How could you have lost that? How has the idea slipped so far away from you? You what? You what? Horror is love, baby! Horror is peace! Don't you remember being made fun of back in high school? Being being called horrible names? People mocking you just because of the things that you liked? Just because of who you were, who you are? That's exactly what you're doing! You've become the bully! You! You're, you're gatekeeping! You're turning the world into a horror movie for your amusement because you, you think? You think what? Horror fans just aren't hardcore anymore? This is insanity! Only silence responded. A slight groan echoed about the room, and then silence once again. Do... do you... do you understand what I'm trying to say, Hank? Please. Please, just, just listen, just think about my words. I need to think. I need to think. I need to think about this. I never realized that I could... Oh, you have got to be fucking kidding me! It seemed like history was repeating itself, as I, Alexander Nash, began telling me the details that may have saved our lives, Lieutenant Magelli shot him through the chest with a shotgun. As Hank the World's Greatest was reasoning and preparing to explain himself, Lieutenant Magelli finally cut the power. That meant we had 15 minutes to find the books and come up with a resolution. If only I could have had a little more time with Hank the World's Greatest. If only. If. If wishes and butts were candy and nuts. If. If. 
middle word in life. There was no time for Rudard Kipling. I shook myself from thought and charged forward to the bookshelf the blue velvet glove was pointing toward and grabbed the two books, then turned and took off back through the door. Somewhere in the darkness, Magelli was waiting. I had expected darkness when I shut the power out, but when the sound of the machines fell silent also, I was shocked. I stood in the darkness for what seemed like an eternity. It was only when I heard the sound of footsteps that I came from my shock. I turned to brace myself for the unknown, but it was only Harry Scott two books tucked under his arms. You found them! You have the worst timing of any man I have ever met before. Harry Scott shoved a book into my hands and barked. Read! I pulled out my cigar lighter and gave it a flick. And under the amber glow of a zippo, we read from the diabolical journal of Hank, the world's greatest, and the blood-stained pages of the naked Comic-Con.
I was flipping through pages like a madman when I finally saw something. Harry Scott, I think I got something. Look at this. Harry Scott yanked the book out of my hand and began mumbling aloud to himself as he read the pages. The dreamer's dream. The dreamer's dream is the only way to extinguish the dreamer. Right here. Right here. The dreamer. The dreamer must give up their body to achieve the dream. If one can enter the dreamer's dream and dream the dreamer's dream, the dreamer is dreaming, they can end the dreamer's dream by killing the dreamer. Fuck. Good lord, this is this, this is some fucking David Lynch shit right here. Oh, I love that movie about the guy with the lawnmower. Hank, the world's greatest, must be the dreamer. No, 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 I think it was called The Straight Story. Richard Farnsworth was in it. Yeah, I know, Harry Dean Stan was in it too, but that's not what I mean. The dreamer. Michelli. I think there is a way to stop this. I think we can kill Hank. Kill him? That's a felony. The entire human race is at stake. The world is at stake. Well, I'd have to talk to the magistrate, but, but that's still a felony. Then you'll have to book me tomorrow. We have to kill Hank. You want to get home and finally have that potato? Well, yeah, I got a new plant-based butter I've been dying to try. Then we gotta kill Hank the world's greatest. So here's the plan. The plan wasn't pretty, but it was all we had. Time was of the essence, so I spit it out plain to Magelli. Hank the world's greatest gave up his body. It's somewhere in the studio, but the body? The body doesn't matter. It's what's inside. Organs and guts? No, goddammit, his soul, his brain, his, his fucking being! That, that is what's inside of him. And organs and guts. 
This page from the Necronomicon you found says that the only way to stop the dreamer is through the dreamer's dream. But check this out. In Hank the World's Greatest Journal, he wrote on July 8th, 2009, the day before the first episode of Death by DVD, that only through great warriors defeating his dreams could he be conquered. Hank. Hank the World's Greatest. He is the dreamer. But what in Miss Molly's good golly is the dream? Death. Destruction. Doom. He dreams of Triple D's. Don't we all? If we stop the dreamer, we stop the dream. How do you stop a dreamer from dreaming? Aside from the CIA doing it outside of a hotel in Memphis. We gotta figure out a way to put me to sleep. Well, my old cat, Mr. Thomas, we had to take to the vet for that. Not fucking euthanize me, you asshole. Fucking go to sleep. Take a nap. We gotta figure out how to put me down for a nap. If I can fall asleep, I think, I think I can join Hank the World's Greatest Dreams. We're twin cousins after all. Twins share a connection. I really wish you would explain the whole twin cousin thing. Now? We hardly have the time, Majelli. I have to get to sleep. Well, after Mr. Thomas died, we had him cremated. And Dog, that's my dog, well, he got up on the counter and he knocked Mr. Thomas' ashes all over the place. Snorted him up like Charlie Sheen. Tiger blood! We had to take Dog to the vet Good and- Good fucking god, Majelli, where is this going? So we had to take Dog to the vet. And... And... They gave me some poochie pills to put your pet to peace. I was uh, supposed to give it to him every six hours, but here I am, in the dark, with robots and you. So what the hell is it? Will it put me to sleep? And also, sorry for your loss. Oh, it's about 500 milligrams of heavy-duty animal tranquilizer. You see, dog, he, he's a really big boy and he- Give me that!
I took five big fat animal tranquilizers and set down against the wall. I wasn't sure how much time had gone by since the power went out, but I could feel the effects of the tranquilizer working on me. I was feeling. You know, Majelli, you aren't half bad. Except for the whole Uber thing. That was a real dick move. Maybe you should try and close your eyes. You know, drift off a little bit. The whole weight of the world is sorta on your shoulders here. His voice sounded silly, and then distant. Weight, Weight of, of the world, world is sort of on your shoulders here. I could hear his words, but they were fading away. Everything was. I felt like I was traveling back to Hank the world's greatest reality. My insides turning to liquid. My world nothing more than an echo. I felt inside out and outside in. I could hear something, but the sound was so far off I couldn't make it out. And then it began to get louder. And louder. And louder. It sounded just like an alarm clock.
8.44 p.m. July 8th, 2009. At the home of Hank, the world's greatest. It was just like an episode of Star Trek. I simply materialized. I could even see it while it happened before I was there. Tiny little bubbles began to form and then my feet were there standing on the ground. My legs, hips, waist, stomach, chest, back, my neck, head, face, brain, they all bubbled together like the fizz from a soda calming down right at the lip of a glass. I was whole. I was me. I was standing there. But where was there? Where was I? I stood in awe for a moment before I realized where I was standing. I was at Hank's house. I was in Hank the world's greatest house. But everything seemed so strange. I could see his TV in the living room, his cell phone sitting on the counter in the kitchen. The phone. The phone was an iPhone 3. Those were so old. The iPhone 3. Those were from 2009. Could it be? the plan. It was working! 
I was so excited everything was coming together. It was all working out so perfectly, I just had to kill Hank. I looked around the room for a clock and saw on the microwave the time flashing. It was almost 3 p.m. Hank would be sound asleep. All I would have to do is walk into his room and kill him. I began to look around the room for something I could use as a weapon. A camera tripod was sitting in the corner and I briefly thought about Bob craning him when the room exploded with sound. It was a gunshot. I stood there without motion. I didn't even dare breathe. I heard the sound of a door open and footsteps approach from down the hall. I hadn't even managed to find a weapon to dispatch Hank the world's greatest, yet alone whatever was moving toward me. I began to panic when a woman came around the corner from Hank the world's greatest room, a gun in hand. I stood frozen, my mouth open. Uh, hi. We both stood there looking at one another. She had a 357 Magnum in her hand, and I had nothing. So, who are you? Uh, hello. My name's Gretchen. I just shot Hank. What are you doing here? Well, I came to kill Hank. Too late. I was stunned. Too stunned to speak. 
The woman turned from me and began walking toward the front door nonchalantly, like she didn't have a care in the world. Hey, hey, before you go, why? Why did you kill him? Oh, because he wouldn't stop making fun of me on the internet. I got tired of that shit. She shrugged and disappeared out the door. He was dead. The dreamer was dead. dreamer was dead, how was I still in the dreamer's dream? I walked to the bedroom to see if Hank the World's Greatest really was dead. Lo and behold, he was in bed with six holes in him the size of watermelons. Gretchen had done one hell of a job on Hank the World's Greatest. There wasn't any deader than that. I walked out to the kitchen and saw Hank's keys laying on the table. I grabbed them and headed out to the driveway where Hank the World's Greatest car sat. same car he had in 2009. It was a beautiful sunny day, the type right out of a coloring book. The sky was blue and the weather was warm. I jumped in the car and drove off down the street.
this was what was supposed to happen. I entered the dreamer's dream, and the dreamer... The dreamer was such a fucking asshole, in real life someone managed to kill him in his dream. <laughs> the thought of it. The thought of the whole thing. It made me laugh. <laughs> So the dreamer wasn't in the dream. Did that make this all a dream then? As I drove along, I couldn't help but feel awe. If this was a dream, it was beautiful. Everything was perfect. Every person I passed, every cloud in the sky. The only thing wrong was the radio. When I flicked it on, all I could hear was moaning and screaming. Wrong. Harry Scott, we got it all wrong. If you can hear me, please come back, Harry Scott. You gotta come back. There was one There was a page we didn't read. We left a page out, Harry Scott, the page. I changed the stations, but it was all the same. I turned the radio off and turned the corner to any town USA's police department. Parked in the lot was Lieutenant Magelli's old rust bucket, a 1959 Peugeot 403 Cabrolet. I pulled up right next to it and turned the car off. Lieutenant Magelli himself was sitting in the driver's seat with the window down, smoking a cigar. I rolled my window down and shouted out, Hey! Long time no see, partner! Do we... Do we know each other? Of course. This is it, man. We stopped the dreamer. We're safe. He squinted and gave me a strange look his facial expression telling me everything before he spoke. 
No, no, I, 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 I don't think so. You see, I never forget a face. And the only things I know about dreams are the weird ones you have about your mother. You know, the whole Sigmund Freed guy? He didn't know me, but that was Magelli, all right. Typical Magelli. I didn't understand, but I smiled. My mistake, I said. Are you new around here? I don't think I've ever seen you before. Small town here, any town USA. You tend to get to know each other a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are new. It hit me then. It was 2009. Somehow, when I entered Hank the World's Greatest Dream, I went back in time. Back before the darkness took hold. Death by DVD had just moved to Anytown, USA. In fact, we had only been there a few days setting up the studio. We're here for the new radio show, Death by DVD. Ah, I heard about that. You've got a lot to compete with. Anytown, USA is the home of El Jelly, the host of El Jelly's Super Sounds of the 60s. She's got a little brother named Jay who runs the morning show, but that won't last. The guy has no personality. A real hack. <laughs> I laughed and leaned back in my seat a bit. It's a nice place, though. Any town, USA? I hear you guys bought the place on top of the old Blue Crystal Sunshine Mountain. That's right. The old missile silo. We're gonna make it into a recording studio. Wow, that old thing, a studio, times, they are a-changing. Then, Lieutenant Magelli's police radio squawked to life. Hey, Magelli, we got a homicide at 341 Easy Street, North Anytown. Neighbors reported shots fired and uniforms have discovered a body. 341 Easy Street? Ain't that one of the houses you new radio guys bought? I had to pretend to be shocked. I couldn't let this Magelli know anything. <gasps> That's Hank's house! Hank? Who's Hank? Hank, Hank, what is, is the host of our show? Well, not no more he ain't. Listen, mister, mister, you know, I never got your name. Harry, Harry Scott. Well, listen, mister Harry Scott, I got a homicide on my hands. 
I wish we had met under other circumcisions, but I'm sure you'll understand I gotta make like a tree and bark. As I watched Magelli drive off in his old car, putting smoke, I couldn't help but think of the last thing I saw before I fell asleep. Magelli had me in his arms, and he was whispering to himself, It's all gonna be okay. Be okay. It's all gonna be okay. It's all gonna be okay. It's all gonna be okay. Oh, it's all gonna be okay. 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 It's all gonna be I sat in the parking lot for a few more minutes after Magelli had driven off, listening to the birds chirp and the sound of traffic. Eventually, I pulled out and headed down the boulevard to where my mother had purchased a home when we all moved to Anytown, USA back in 2009. As I drove by the house, she was out front guiding movers who were holding big hefty boxes inside. I slowed down and leaned out the window to get a good glance, but it was her, happy and smiling, the breeze in her hair.
It was my mother. She was safe. I got to the end of the street and turned around and began to cruise. This wasn't so bad. I passed by houses with children playing outside, screams of joy and happiness floating past me. by a young couple holding hands, an old man feeding the birds. I saw butterflies swirling around, the sun shining. I saw peace. I drove until I got to the farthest ends of any town USA. Dirt roads and heavy woods. All the while, I would turn on the radio every so often and scan the channels, hoping for something more than the screaming. But every single station was the same. It was his voice. It was Majelli, screaming for help. We got it wrong! Harry Scott, we got it wrong! If you can hear me, come back! Harry Scott, please come back! There was another page! There was another page and it said... The sun was beginning to set and I parked the car along a steep overlook that allowed you to see all of Anytown, USA.
the Blue Crystal Sunshine Mountains, Death by DVD Studios, and beyond. I turned the radio up and flipped the stations. Various versions of Lieutenant Magelli from the real world crying out for help on every broadcast. Harry Scott, please! Please, if you can hear this, you gotta come back! You gotta wake up! We didn't read a page! For the love of all things holy, Harry Scott! To kill the dreamer, we gotta... I turned the radio off and let the sounds of nature surround me. It was late spring and the evening was alive with the sound of frogs and bugs singing a beautiful symphony. I rolled down the car windows and let the warm breeze blow over me. Tomorrow would be July 9th, 2009, the day of Death by DVD's first episode. The very first show and our host was dead in bed. Another horrible homicide in the homeland. It seemed like I had found myself a new start. A new world. A new dream. A new host of Death by DVD. <clears throat> This is Harry Scott Sullivan, and you are listening to Death by DVD. <laughs> I sat at the overlook until the sun had swirled below and the world was cascade in a moody blue blackness. The light of the stars, the only thing to guide. I started the engine and pulled the car out and began to drive back the way I came. It didn't seem so bad here inside the dreamer's dream. I think I'm going to stay a while.
and have a little dream myself. You have been listening to Who Shot Hank, a Death by DVD all-original murder mystery audio drama. Watching is never enough. We here at Death by DVD sit painfully through hours and hours of movies so you, the public, can make an informed decision of what you put in your ear holes and eye holes. Some of these films are good, some bad, and some even unmentionable, but all have one thing in common. Watching all these movies will one day melt our brains into a sloppy, wet mush. No need to thank us. We were already methodically destroying ourselves with cinema. At least this way there is a permanent record of our demise. As the midnight hour approaches, the smoke sets heavy and the booze begins to flow like blood. Tune in and drop through hell with your host, Harry Scott Sullivan. Featuring horror artist I, Alexander Nash, as we take you on a journey through the worlds of horror, gore, cult, strange, slashers, psychotronic, trash, twisted, gornography, weird, drive-in, cheesy, lost, rare, and frightening films. Join us and listen as life collapses upon itself.
every installment of Who Shot Hank, plus over 100 episodes all about your favorite movies are available for your listening displeasure to stream and download at www.deathbydvd.com and www.listentodeathbydvd.transistor.fm plus everywhere podcasts can be found. Visit DeathByDVD.com today and subscribe for updates on new episodes, merch discounts, and more. New Year, new horror, more original audio dramas, and much, much more coming soon to Death by DVD. recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. God, you gotta wake up! Please don't leave me here! Oh, God, please don't leave me here! Is there anybody out there? Anybody? Oh, God! Oh, oh God! Oh, ah! 
Namaste. <laughs>